back from hockey hiatus. It's Razor along with Totes McGoats is producing this thing again. And, of course, the illustrious uh, Mike Heike of DallasStars.com. I dog-walked all the naysayers of hockey in general and certainly All-Star Weekend. A 10-day break, 50 games into the season seemed odd. Yes? Well, and we go to practice yesterday afternoon uh, that ends in the evening, basically, because they skate them so hard. And I mean, they did not look good. So they. <laughs> well, they're not playing. They today. enjoyed their 10 days. Well, off. they're supposed to. <laughs> and even Jamie said, he goes, he goes, I don't know why they figure these things. He goes, but that one may have been a little bit too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the premise is, is correct. You know, you slap a bye week right. Five days. with the weekend yeah. rather than just having it appear somewhere. I wonder whether it'll continue, though. I wonder what the feedback will be yeah. from the individuals who are off that long. It just seemed like a long time. Right. And there are still, as we do this, a couple more days before they'll play a game. Right. I, that- I'll tell you, after three days of wandering from room to room in the house and catching up on the third hour of the Today Show... <laughs> I'd had enough. I, I'm with you. I like a schedule. I was I, I, lost. I, I, I enjoy, you know, having uh, people tell me you have to be at this place and do things, and it motivates you. Well, what, what went on while we were doing what we were doing was All-Star Weekend in Silicon Valley. San Jose hosted it, and, there's, and for good reason. It was very tech-centric. Yes, and it seems like the NHL is starting to lean a little more towards themes. Does it not? Yes. Uh, but Gary will tell you that they started this whole tech thing. Oh, I know. Everybody else copied them. But yes. Uh, and I don't mind that. I mean, you know, it's one, I think San Jose does a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Two, they are the center of technology. And it just all worked. I, yeah, I thought they it, did a great job. It was a nice meshing of that. So player tracking and data or data, depending on what part of the globe you're from, and puck tracking were the, were the main components of this in-your-face. And they wanted it to be in-your-face. So yes. that it, I, I'm sure it's going to drift a little bit from what it was. But it, it was interesting. It's not for me, but it's not intended for me or you. Well, I actually like it, to tell you the truth. The reason I like it is because my biggest contention with all of this analytics is that if you are not putting in accurate data, then whatever you whatever conclusion you draw is probably not right because the data is not right. So if you go from arena to arena, so to you're arena, looking at it from a writer's yes. standpoint. I I, I look, look at it as a broadcaster. Well, and I like Totsi looks at it from a different lens, probably just from a desire for information. Yeah, and right. I love it. I mean, it's geared for you and your generation. Exactly. Which I, is great. It, we need that. I think people can use that, too. I do, too. I mean, I really do like I like. But don't stats. you think it needs to get distilled down for, yeah. you know, you, you can't. The, the same things that, that Totsi's generation are into, we're not going to be into. But there might be an epiphany of information that comes in that you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. I, well, really yeah, like, I like these because they're direct measurables. Something that can be quantified, unlike what I hate is the NFL field goal line that they put on the field. Oh, okay. And I think something like that that's a bit more arbitrary, I don't like that. I like these because when you're seeing miles per hour, time on ice, I think these are great measurables to be used in a broadcast. I find the or found the real-time stuff too intrusive, just viewing it. Correct. 
And I, again, I, I know they're probably overdoing it so that people would notice it. You don't want to be right. subtle with something when you're busting it out. But the, the fear I have to what you were saying is that people are going to find out that it's all pretty much the same. Guys all skate about the same mile per hour right. or kilometers per hour, depending on where you are. And everyone shoots the puck about the same. So there, yeah. there aren't these vast uh, highs and lows. And after a while, you're like, yeah, he's probably going about 23 miles an hour. That's right. what they all skate. Yeah, once the novelty wears off, it's We're novelty. pretty unremarkable. Exactly. That, that's, I cons- I'm concerned about, from a broadcast standpoint, yes. that – it's a shiny object novelty originally, and then after a while, it's just like, okay, whatever. Now, from from the collection of data and giving you truth rather than opinion, right? I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, and I and- think the players are too. That's why they signed off on it because they don't want some general manager slamming their plus minus or their takeaways in their face yeah. come they're saying i, I led the negotiation league. and right. you and i both know we all know that from building to building it's they're like they're from different universes yeah. in some buildings it's like they've never seen the game before other building is like they're they're actually uh they're they're actually taking stuff away that's actually happening because they're like well that's i don't really count that as a hit right or a giveaway or yeah. a takeaway. What is a giveaway? What's a takeaway? I don't know. Why do you have a giveaway and not a takeaway? You know, it's just. It's but, but the bottom line with, with data is it's much like our world right now. They're collect as much as the, it'll be sold as they're collecting this for the viewer and for the consumer in that, they're selling it. Yeah. That's, there's no question. With gambling coming in, and I don't know where else you can peddle this stuff. But it's it's going to be sold. Right. They're collecting it for a reason. Well, some of it is informational, right. but some of it is just going to be monetary. I would think. I, I did you see that presentation that showed all the things that it could possibly correlate to with gambling? No. Oh my God! It made my head swim. What sort of things? Well, so it'd be stuff like you can you can gamble on how many miles Tyler Sagan is going to skate tonight. And you can put in some kind of a prop bet on that. You can put in a prop bet as to where the majority of shots will come from in the game. You know, just wow. But that's good. I I, I don't know that, that it is good, Mike. I, I don't know that, that it is good. The, you say that the reason the NFL is so big is because of gambling. Well, true. I I'm not talking about the gambling portion of it. Although I I guess I am a little bit. The 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 football gambling thing is for the most part right now on outcome. Correct. Now, when you start collecting all this data, and maybe it doesn't even turn into this where everyone is going to make a bet on everything that goes on. I, my concern is just, are, do we really want to read the broadcast? Are we, are we going to yeah, spend the point. entire broadcast reading data? And, and I didn't even think of it from your point of view, but now that I think about watching the game, you're, it was like watching a video game. Yes. And you're just like, that's what these kids do. <laughs> they watch mm-hmm. people play video games. And you're like, that does take a little bit of the human battle out of it. Well, I wonder whether it ends up being much like what will happen, what happened with the uh, college game, football game, the national championship, where there's 14 channels. Yeah. And, and you choose... How you want to watch? How you want to consume that game? 
Do are you a hardcore person that wants to listen to six coaches talk about it? Do you want to hear some celebrities sit around and talk about it? Do you want to watch the actual broadcast? That's true. It's good to have options. So the the data channel will be a thing coming forward where you just get bombarded with numbers. A stream of real-time analytics. That's great. It's just going to be the the AV chess club room of hey the cool kids are in the av now <laughs> That's, I'm, you're right you are ac- absolutely correct Back in our day but the, I, I guess way. the problem i have with it from my perspective is we we've been hammered for decades in broadcasting about the most important thing is storytelling yep. you have to tell stories what are you going to tell the story of numbers algorithms that's going to be the story from my point of view you you can use those things to, to tell what tell, story? Well, again... In, I look forward to your writing going your forward. In real time. Well, okay, we were just talking to Monty yesterday, and he's talking about how he's parsed all this information through 49 games and how... Through yeah, but this, it took 10 days off for him to get to correct. it. Correct. <laughs> but that's for a story, seven. right? Is that how is he going to analyze this information in his first year as an NHL coach? What's he changing? What does he like? What does he see? What does he doesn't? What does he not see? Or what does he not like? And those are things you can it's, weave into a story. It's interesting times, man. I'll give you another one. How about this? I had a couple players say back in the day when they first started doing this uh, analytics and people started worrying about possession that they would cross the blue line and take a shot on goal. Because then that shift's good. That's gold for me. I took a shot on goal. I'm a positive player. It's almost like I don't care what else I do Mm -hmm. the rest of the shift because I did what I'm supposed to do to make my analytics look good. That's a story to me. Yeah. You know, just how does this affect the game on the ice? Look at the baseball players now. They're all swinging like Charlie Brown. They want that arc going up because that's what they've been told that analytics say you're supposed to play this way. And so – to me, that's a huge story that here's a guy who's just tracking numbers and changing the way the game is being played. Yeah. This just seems like it's going to be another group of numbers searching for arguments. And, <laughs> that could and be too. Fights, which, which is fine. If it's, Part of the story. Yeah, if it's a, if it's a debate. Look, it's here. It, more of it's coming. I'm not one of these people that sits and says, well, there's, you know, I want a clean screen and right. we'll just show the players and that's what it is. Because – in a lot of ways, the game itself is gearing itself more toward this kind of thing with numbers and what have you than it was with stories and character yeah. and all that. Because you don't have scraps and brawls and black hat wearing individuals and that. You just have a bunch of inspiring, uh, incredible athletes that are whipping around out there yeah. and – it's almost like a fight to see who's smarter than the other side about well, how they go about their business. Strictly business standpoint, you have to keep getting young fans in the game. Yeah. I mean, you can't just rely on 50-somethings. You know, you have to rotate and get the young guys excited about your sport. So you have to bet that Totsi Magotsi is more <laughs> interested in looking at little flags over top of everyone's head like it's NASCAR. It, why isn't NASCAR bigger than, than what it's it is? It's big. It, I mean, it hit its point and then kind of back. Oh off. my God, did it ever! Yeah. What else do you have though besides miles per hour? Well, that's my point uh, with this fuel level. <laughs> other, other than how fast they're skating right, and yeah. how far they skated. Well, I think what again, 
I think it's attack zone time, neutral zone time. Things are See, some of those out. things I love. We used yeah. to have them. Right. Some of those things are going to come out of yeah. having the chip in the shoulder pad. Yeah. You know, all right, let's go watch Jamie Benn. Is he really? Right. You know, here's his right. skate pattern. All right. My ears, around the ice? My ears are glazing over. <laughs> and Totes, so are all our consumers of podcasts. <laughs> uh, very quickly on the puck tracking, which is more of an interesting thing for me than player tracking. because And I... The argument's been out there again after the weekend, and everyone wants to go back to the glow puck. Oh, my, what a disaster, and tell people. And you hear these Canadians especially talk about how, well, HD came along. You you don't need to show people where the puck is now. They can see it. Don't they know that? That's not true. And we've talked about this before. I was working for Fox when the glow puck was a thing. So so these new pucks are going to cost 80 80 bills each. It's the 80-buck puck, which is fun to say. <laughs> uh, that subtle little gray squiggly shadow in behind it. So what did you think of that? I don't love it. Not a What fan. did you think of it? I didn't need it. So I, I didn't a under- lot of this stuff I just kind of like don't see anymore. It's like ads yeah. on the ice or looking through the mesh or – you just your brain it goes just, away. Yeah, and you just see what you want to see. I'm a, I'm still a firm believer that the puck needs to to show up better than what it what right. it does so, somehow, and I don't need a wake behind it. I need the puck to show up, and I don't need the puck uh, larger than what it is. I need it to be the size that it is, but I need a spark of some sort on it because what's lost, and even on on that thing they had out in San Jose, is the the rapid rate that it moves around the rink and i don't need the miles per hour in behind it but right. maybe that's cool is that cool <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool okay it's cool maybe we need that if you're shooting it i i do think yeah not. somehow you On need shots. that's you need, just like exit velocity i guess baseball, you know? i guess you're like holy cow but what you need the spark on the puck for is the change of direction and when it actually goes in, and we had this conversation before, somebody asked the question, how many, t- to me, how many pucks have you seen go into an NHL net? And I thought this is one of those, well, let me think. It's probably in the hundreds of thousands that have gone in. He goes, no, it's probably zero. And I'm like, and he's like, just, just think. Your, mind, your mind's telling you you saw it go in, but your eyes probably didn't keep up to a puck deflecting twice. Right. And then finding the back of the net through eleven players, and he's he's right. And I th- I think that would would help augment the game more than the guy's label above his head with his bio statistics. So on then, it. do you just put like a circle on the puck, just like the the yellow line in football? That's yeah, in, in TV that it, it's it, able to keep. Yes, up and follow it needs it, it needs enhancement, but it doesn't need enlargement. Right. You know that the problem with the glow puck was it was this great big right. blue halo that would show up on people's laps in the first row right. and it cost a million dollars a game to do that well it cost 80 dollars a puck now yeah. to do whatever they're doing i just want the puck to show up not the little yeah and it's funny squiggly line in behind you, know, you have ads on the glass on television you can do that you've been doing that for a while mm-hmm. so you don't see those in the arena so right when you're in the arena all you right just, i know Seems like you should be able to do it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. I want uh, that, that. I just want that. I want that to shine more than anything. What tech do you use the most right now? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm numbers. I like. 
to look at the stats and everything like that. So I guess the tech would be these people up in the box, you know, telling me that they had however many hits or giveaways or everything, and that's why. So you I, get that from NHL.com? Yeah. Yeah, NHLmedia.com or uh, NHL.com? I, I just use the regular. You can do both. You can go back in and watch games from two yeah, years ago. You yeah. can look at score sheets you know, from when you 50 think years it, ago. Like, and we've talked about, we, I retweet out every morning the four-minute highlight game, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the condensed replay yeah, is because, really good. I mean, we, we all tell you want what I wish, to watch every 82 games, but people can't. I wish we could go into those highlights and augment them. That would be fun. You know how sometimes you'll watch on NFL Network – and they'll they'll show a guy throwing a bomb, and at the s same time they show the route that the yeah. guy ran. Yeah, it. I think it looks awesome. Yeah, I love that. It's done after the fact. Sometimes ESPN will do it with their highlights like that. Yeah, and the guys are you know the guys you should be looking at are spinning. Yeah. their names are on there. I'm good with that, and I think it would be a neat little. Uh, there might not be enough time to pump that in because right. they're only drawing up one play. Right. right. But I guess in some ways we're only drawing up five goals right. in a game. It would be kind of neat to break it down that way and, and do it. The technology is coming, Michael. No, for all my hockey reference stuff like that, though, I'd just go to Tom Holy's office, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I have, once again, I've not heard from Tom Holy for his portion of the <sighs> podcast. Might still be in San Jose. I yeah. feel it's like quite he, a weekend yeah, for him. That's it's, true. I felt like I was there with him more than Miro. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get to sleep at Joe Thornton's house? No, I didn't. No, I, I didn't just... get that invite. <laughs> I think the tech that I want, I want that puck. I want more drones involved. I really do. I, I, want, I think that's coming. Yeah. Because for the most part, we shoot the game from outside glass and boards and netting and everything else. And the only way we can get inside that, for the most part, now we have cameras and nets. Helmet cams, helmet cams, which I'm kind of okay with, but I, I can, I think we can do better. Yeah, and I think drones. Well, and and did you watch the skills competition? Yeah, NBC tried to bring that in the glass look, and I really didn't like the. They they love the steady cam on skates, mm -hmm. and using that for the shootout look in the goal streak challenge. I, I hated it because the skater, you're just looking at the guy's yes. back and you don't see the puck go in. Right. And they did it every time. And their default look for the shootout was steady cam on skates right behind the shooter. I hated that. And yeah. I don't know your thoughts on that. I agree. It was awful. I mean, you, you shoot drone stuff. Right. It's not that hard. I thought there would have been way more of that in, in the arena, for, especially for skills. And even for games, like I've talked before, I, I want a camera that drops down at center ice. Yeah. So that it puts you, and that's where this is going, yeah. you're, you're going to be put in the action. At some point, you're going to be in the skates of whatever right. yeah. player you want. You want to be Jamie Benn tonight? Yeah. You're going to be Jamie Benn. It's Bent. inevitable. Like you are. I don't yeah. know how far away that is, but it's coming. But I like the football angle, too, of the, you know, you've seen those cameras, Sky cam? Sky cam that's sliding back. Right, but we can't do that. Yeah. No, no, but I'm saying the drones could give yes. you that effect. Well, that's my right. point. Right, because I love that shot. Yes. When I'm watching a football that's game, the only you way really we can, feel like you're in the game. It really is the only way we can, we can take viewers right inside the game and inside all the confines. Oh, my God, Tom Holy just walked in. He's always got things Speaking taken of care of. Back from Silicon Valley. The other thing I really want is is audio, the interplay between players and that. I want I want that used more. 
Well, it's risky because you see. I know it's risky, but again, since we're into nine different channels for every NHL game going right. forward, yeah. I think there should be a channel that has that. I that completely it's wide agree. Open. I completely agree. It I might agree tank all the other channels <laughs> after a while. No, it's the only way people would want to see it. Uh, you had a question. Yeah, just do you want it? Do you want your theme to play before it? Sure, play it. Totally, totes my goats. Cool. So speaking of skills challenge, did anyone watch the NFL skills challenge this past weekend at the Pro Bowl? No. That's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of unwatchable television yeah. for one weekend. Tokyo. That's tough. That's tough. But when you compare it to the NHL skills challenge, well, on one end of the spectrum, you have NBA, which is doing just dunks, three-point contest. And then on the other end, you have NFL, where it's trying to catch footballs dropped from drones. They play dodgeball. Uh, it's a pretty crazy presentation for their skills challenge. And NHL is somewhere in the middle with utilization of skills specific to the sport. So you want it to be... How, how would you want to see the NHL skills combination challenge combination of... of uh like those old games in the summertime that picked up on channels where they're jumping over balls and <laughs> wipe out. They, yeah. They <laughs> I was get, a big fan of that show. They get back pumped in the day. by a door, a padded door knocks them into the water. You want some of that? I would love some of that. So and battle I mean, of the network stars. Just wondering how you would want to see the NHL skills challenge change. To enhance entertainment. Think, I was a fan of American Gladiator. Great back show. Back in the day where you would, you know, like... The tennis ball run, cannon. Yeah, and have tennis oh, ball cannons shooting yeah. at the players while they're trying to go through drills. Great I'm show. I'm all on board with that. God. My it's God. <laughs> sell out all the way. Look, I've wanted it to be just a grand showdown, you know, just piles of money going to charity. So the guys really try, yep. and they're trying for right. a charity, and do it up where it's this shooter against that goaltender, and do it that way. And then on top of it, the stuff I did kind of like from the NFL thing, they had like flowers spinning around, and yeah. they had to throw balls through them. And, and when they hit it, that. it's like a firework. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. I I would like more target stuff yep. involved, like the the saucer pass the, it's into mini nets was like i don't know and it was embarrassing for some of the guys that just kept plunking it off the blackboard in front of it but destroying targets like i remember when that first came in and ray bork yeah. went nuts went four for four like it was cool do more of that and add pyrotechnics to it like yes if you explode it it explodes yeah. <laughs> pyrotechnics and drones but I don't know That's about I don't know about right. having all the all stars play dodgeball. Not on board I, with that. I yet. don't I don't know. That seems like an off season thing, not a mid season <laughs> thing. Could be a great show in the summertime. That's true. Just take all stars like elk hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of them do that anyway. Although that wouldn't be in season. There'd be some of them in jail by the end of it. Anyway. Uh, we'll take a break. It's great. It's great to have uh, Tom Holy in the house. I can't believe that Holy Puckaganana has made his way in. And we will roll that out after this. Live, live on the podcast this week. Mr. Tom Holy. This What's it been? A month? 
Well, yeah, I was out on a big elk hunt and uh, <laughs> just searching. No kills. No kills? No, but a lot of peaceful meditation. Well, a lot of peaceful meditation. That's what a lot of hunting is. Yeah. Yeah. Just time alone. Well, here I am. How, how, how are you guys? Tom, th- this isn't your show all of a sudden. We just need, we need propaganda all right, from you. Get into this quick. We have, yeah, go on. What, did you enjoy your time in San Jose? I heard you know the area. I know the area a bit, and I uh, was able to take Miro and some of our young millennials down the coast and show them a few sites, and it was great. I also saw elephant seals, which is – we can go on for days about elephant seals. I didn't hunt them. <laughs> I didn't hunt them, but I watched them in their natural habitat. Oh. It's very peaceful. Well, what would you come up with for uh, your propaganda this week? Well, looking at coming out of the All-Star break, we have the Buffalo Sabres coming to town, so it got me to thinking – what have we done against those guys? That's not a team that uh, really registers in the Dallas Stars mentality, is it? It kind of is. It kind of is, isn't it? Yeah, it was the opponent in 1999 in the Stanley Cup final. And that ended there in Buffalo. But since that game, at home, at the American Airlines, well, in Dallas, 9-2-1 and against this team. Who wow. is? The Dallas Stars against the Buffalo Sabres. Wow. We're also on a six-game home winning streak oh against Lord. these Buffalo Sabres. And we've outscored them 23-9 to nine in that span. Jamie Penn, he's got eight points in that streak. Point in five out of the six contests. And, it's uh, like reading the game notes right the, now. You could read the game notes. You can go online, NHL.com. You can go find them. They're exquisite. Ben Fromstein does a tremendous job. Everyone should read wow, them. Wow, you are they're, really selling out the They're very punny. Yep. Now, Tyler Sagan, since we've acquired him, he's got a point in every single one of those home games. Since we've acquired him, getting seven points in that span with two goals and five assists. And John Klingberg has a point in all four of his contests against them at home. Additionally, Klingberg has 11 assists in eight career games overall against Buffalo. 11 assists, and he's got two back-to-back three-assist performances against them. So you're expecting big things at a number three here in a couple days. Well, they got a nice nice rest, and they're all going to come back ready to go now you are aware that the buffalo sabers who've had a wonderful beginning to this season have had a pretty rough half decade which sort of coexists with your digits well stats are stats razor <laughs> all i do is look them up and spit them out well, like mike heike analyzes a them. very positive you pre- you predict stuff we we like to put a positive spin on the dallas stars here with tom he likes to point us in a positive direction. I think we stay positive for the most part. Well, Speaking of going in the right direction, did you know elephant seals, they're <laughs> able to... <laughs> play play the music. We're, <laughs> see you, Tom. What is that? Always good to hear from the great Tom Holy live. Uh, it was, I'm sorry we had to shoo him off there. but I know. Well, <laughs> it was done. There were enough numbers. Speaking of live, uh, during the break, I got to participate in Ticket Stock, our radio partner, The yep. Ticket, on both FM and AM for the last 10 years, celebrated their 25th birthday. And the, this, it was a blast. The, the station itself is an amazing trailblazer. And... I, it would never be duplicated. Lots have tried. Yep. And it's stunning that they've been able to keep together 
relatively the the original group for that long and remain that fresh it's that just doesn't happen no no they they are an incredible i try to explain this to people uh whether up in michigan or my brothers who live in other places around the world who like sports radio and it's just it's an amazing unique story and as you go back and try and trace it back you know hear some of the stories from the the past couple of days um it's amazing that they even survived I and mean, when you when you think about what Mike Reiner knew and and what you know uh, his partners knew as far as running a radio station and and getting all the the financial backing for this, uh, it, it could have fallen apart at any point in time. And then your their plan is let's get cheap labor who nobody knows. And you're like, well, that never works, but it worked for them. They got the right people. Uh, and then just hearing them, you know, how they got Gordon Keith or how they got, you know, Dunham and Miller, who were, you know, basically doing this show in their, you know, college room yes. in North Texas. And that all this stuff transfers. Um, you know what it is? It's genuine. And I think yeah. that's the key to everything is that these people are who they are. That's just what it is. I looked at in kind of racking my brain as to why it has worked. Because, uh, again, Dan Bennett uh, – basically runs things over there told me that the majority of the on-air talent has been there in the teens if not in the double decades and it stays fresh all the time and i I looked down it i was like it's it's audio comfort food yes right it's just boom like my boys that i go on with on friday mornings the musers they've been the number one morning show here for basically the run of the ticket like 25 years worth of being the number one not not in that genre just the number one morning show on the airwaves for two and a half decades it's uh it's intelligent bathroom humor yes (laughs) if that even makes sense no it does to me (laughs) it's opinionated yep there's no shortage of opinions around there it's informative. You do, you know, they have have a way of uh, presenting information that's easily consumable, yeah. where it's not just a beatdown of numbers or, you know, hardcore. Uh, here's what's going on in the well, Metroplex the topic, in sports right now. Topic matter, like you and I don't sit there and just talk about hockey games. Right. We talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've so, said before that it, it seems like it's a it's more a men's magazine yeah. on the air. Than it is, uh, there's sports. Yeah. They get around to that, and they cover it. Yep. But for the most part, they find other stuff that's creative and funny. Oh, my God, is it funny? <laughs> uh, and its loyal listeners are yep. viewed as partners more so than they are just a transaction. Yeah. You know, the other thing that's interesting, and I watch you a lot, so you do a lot of preparation to make it look like you're not working that hard. They do the same yes. thing. I know Bob Sturm. I know Dan McDowell. These guys... They're up at midnight preparing yeah. stuff so that they can be funny the next day and make it sound like it's quite it a is, skill, isn't it? It is. I think you guys are amazing. Like I said, you I called don't know about info- you guys, but you called infotainment and everything like that. But it takes work to sound like you're not working. Yes, I, I wholly agree. Like probably the best example at the station of that. Like Gordon is his own thing. Right. Like he is, he is such a unique star like i don't know anybody that can do what he does on a daily basis yeah. and, and don't forget the producers that feed these guys 
topics because it's not like they're pouring over the internet coming right. up with everything like I do for this podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> they, the, but the guy who pulls off that, I don't know, I'm just, I show up and just start gabbing is Corby. Yeah. And you, and you know darn well that Corby puts in hours and hours of preparation. Yeah. But it comes off as off the cuff and, you know, wild arsed and informative and debatable. It's just, it's an awesome listen. So they had Hitch on back in the day on the hard line. Uh, I've been on with the Musers for 23 years, I think. They called me the longest living extra <laughs> muser or whatever. Somebody yelled at one of our Stars games. He was in a suite up behind me. I'm the only true muser. <laughs> <laughs> Razor, you're the only true muser. I don't even know what that means. Uh, but we have Sagan on in the afternoons with Bob and Dan on Bad Radio. We have Monty now on with with the hard line. Like it, it's a nice weave. Even before our games were on the channel, right. it was a nice, it was a nice weave. And just to give you some uh, correlation between the longevity there and what goes on within a hockey department and that around here. So in the t- ten years that we've been partners with the ticket, am I right? We've had six coaches. Boy, that sounds right. Would that start with yeah. Tippett and like oh nine? Yep. Crow, Gully. Gully. Lindy, Lindy, Hitch, Hitch and Monty. You know, I mean, they they roll out the same thing over and over. Yeah, and we've had six coaches, I think three GMs, and Jamie Ben would be the only player that has been on this team for the entirety of our relationship with the ticket on the air with them. Everybody else has cycled through. Yeah, and even myself, I've had four broadcasting partners. That is amazing, and yet. On that station, I, I find it fascinating that they've been able to hold it together yeah. where an individual hasn't been plucked out of there to go somewhere. And they've there have been some that right. have kind of, you know, breezed through there and then gone somewhere else. But the core, they've kept together. And it never feels like, oh, my God, they're just mailing it in now. No. You know what's interesting? That's a skill. Yeah, it is a skill. And they talked about it over the weekend that they the company feels like a family, like – it, they think that if they went to another radio station, they couldn't do what mm-hmm. they're doing on the ticket, and that's a big magnet. To and keep they've them gone there. through so many ownership changes, yeah. you know, from locally to Susquehanna to Cumulus to it's crazy. Yeah, and yet they've and terrific salespeople and and promotions. The whole thing, yeah. the whole thing is so. Hey, happy birthday, ticket! Uh, they're gonna obviously be. A part of the outdoor game, the yes. Winter Classic. Let's talk about the opponent here for a second. Next. So maybe they were hinting at who the opponent was going to be when they said music's going to be a big component of January 1, 2020 at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas for this Winter Classic involving the Dallas Stars and TBA, or TBD. Now that is P-R-E-D-S. I wonder where there's music in the United States. Well, I believe it's known. It's nomenclature is Music City, USA. Well, there you go. Seems like a pretty obvious So the Nashville Predators are coming to town. Your original thoughts when you heard that? 
Uh, my original thoughts were actually from a hockey standpoint that this could be perfect. Um, my, if I'm drawing this out, the Stars climb up to third place. They play the Predators in the first round of the playoffs. See, they, that's where... They have a bang-on series. It's almost like they're gambling on the fact that what if these two meet this year in the playoffs? Correct. Because there's already a rivalry. Yeah. Although it's born out of just regular season stuff because they yeah. haven't met in the playoffs, but yeah. they're divisional teams. And if they could ever meet in the playoffs and take it up a notch, and then that leads into an outdoor game in downtown Big D. Yeah. I mean, as I draw it up in my head, and I've said this before, and I'm, I'm not cutting this year short at all, but I think the Stars are positioned to be a really good team next year. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that's because they create money in the summertime, whether that's because Jim Montgomery has a year under his belt, whether it's because they just kind of get everything. I just think that, like, there could you could be standing here on January 1, and the Dallas Stars are one of the top five teams in the league. I really believe that. Now, mix into that, oh, yeah, we just played these guys in the playoffs, and we either beat them, which would be the best thing, or we lost in seven games or whatever. And they went on to win the Stanley right. Cup. And now, now all of a sudden, all eyes are on this going like, oh, look, there's the Preds, and there's it's the, the Stanley Cup Defending Stanley Cup champions. Remember that series they had. Right. It's in Dallas. Their fans are going to travel. This is relatively yeah, it's, it's easy really travel. And it's a non-traditional winter classic for the first time, really, right? But I think that actually makes the traditional markets want to watch. Like when, when yeah. Vegas went on fire and when Nashville went on fire a few years ago, all the people up in Canada were going like, oh, that looks like so much fun. Mm -hmm. And it makes it different. It's funny when we're looking at the all-star stuff. Uh, you know, John Scott, uh, that was fun. Uh, uh, the young lady who skated coin, that was fun. People want something different. And so that's why I think it's, you know, the potential is there for it to be different and fun. I just wonder, uh, I think a lot of people here locally wanted it not to be as sort of cowboyish, that Dallas is more than just country music and cowboy boots and yeehaw. And you're going to get, I think, a large dose of that from the two cities instead of post malone i know look at him he's shaking his head over there maybe they can make just one visit out to grapevine high school and have post malone singing out there. are there millennial cowboys not really no. bull riders maybe? maybe maybe bull riders most of them are brazilian anyway nowadays <laughs> uh, i think it's I, I think it's an i think it's a nice guest Originally, the thought was it was going to be one of the big eastern markets, and instead it's going to be centralized Nashville and Dallas. I like it yeah, a lot. I like it, it a it's lot. It's different. Like I said, I think people like different. Well, speaking of football stadiums, uh, let's wrap it up on a little football note since Super Bowl Sunday is approaching. And there will be pools and everything, speaking of gambling. There will be a color guy in a booth calling the game who is a cowboy. See how I bring it all back around? That's pretty amazing. It's all, all about goalies and color guys with this. In. Quarterbacks, catchers, pitchers, and goaltenders make the best analysts. At least they have. I don't, I don't know how analytics affects that. <laughs> anyway, during my hiatus, I had time, and I'll, I'll indulge you on this. To, I don't want to say fully debunk, but at least search for some truth 
in this whole Romo Damas thing. Because people were going berserk. They were going giddy after the the Chiefs and the Patriots went at it. And you would have thought that Romo called every play beforehand in the entirety of that football game, including overtime. And he is, everyone loves his enthusiasm. Before I run through the actual truth here, because that's our search here on Rinky Dinky. We search for the truth. What do you think of of that broadcast? I find it to be entertaining. I, I get sucked in. I'm just a normal guy going, ha ha, is that incredible? And then him screaming all the time. I'm not a connoisseur because I, I get to ride on the bus with you guys. And it's interesting to hear not just you, but the entire crew analyze how a telecast goes and what somebody is supposed to do and know that there is a real art to it. Um, and, you know, there there are subtle shades of gray on how you can do these things and and Tony Romo does not paint in shades of gray. <laughs> well, as a regional Emmy Award winner, uh, I, I think I can I can weigh in on this. Uh, is it is it predictive, or is it just knowledge that bubbles up and and froths? He has no issue whatsoever stomping on his play by play guy. Correct. Which a guy who's done both. That's a tricky situation, you know. There's, you got to let the game breathe a little bit too, and you need to allow the other side to do what they do best. That was the greatness of Summerall and Madden, yeah. Because Summerall spoke in seven-word sentences, and he summed everything up, yeah. And then Madden went nuts, yeah. And to me, Nance and Romo was a little bit that way. So anyway, fourth quarter and overtime. As f- he knew the New England offense better than he did the Kansas City offense, is the way I looked at it in the end. So he made predictions on four of the 17 Kansas City plays in the fourth quarter. How'd they turn out? But four of 17. Yeah. If you'd have read after, you'd have thought every single time Mahomes got the ball, it was like, well, he's going to tell you what he's going to do with it. Uh, he was wrong once. Just flat wrong once. <laughs> Just flat wrong. Uh, he called cover zero and and they scored and he was wrongish on that one. Um, and some of them were just sort of well duh. Uh, like it, near the end, he said they'll throw the ball to the end zone with 16 seconds left, and it was like wow, yes, nailed that one. As far as New England, uh, he he was a prognosticator on on 10 of the 29, wow. which pretty high. But again, how many Patriots games did they do during the season? So he knew that offense. He was wrong three times, so he nailed seven of them. Uh, a lot of them were, you know, runs out to the right. And a lot of it was crammed right near the end. So he calls Gronk. Yes. I mean, I could have called that too. Once you see Gronk line, line up near the sideline, you're like, they're probably throwing it to him here instead of over the middle. But he got that. Calls run sort of at the end, and they did that. So uh, in overtime, he he uh, predicted 6 of 14. Four of the six were correct. For a grand total of uh, predicting on 20 of 60 plays, and 14 times he was right. You can win a lot of money uh, gambling on that. 
<laughs> no, you know, Daryl. That's this, my analytics. This reminds me of the History Channel, which I love to watch, and how oh, these guys nowadays want to debunk Nostradamus and all the quatrains that he put out. Yes. And come on, the guy nailed everything. Well, you can make it so that he nailed everything. <laughs> exactly yeah, right. Make everything the target and you'll hit the target. It's a lot like uh, horoscopes or fortune cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love his, I love his enthusiasm. I, I love the fact that he obviously studies right. and does his homework. And a lot of it's probably his old homework that still works. Yep. I remember when I first broke in doing this and, it, and you were – you were talking about guys that you'd played with, and it was easier. Yeah. It really was. You have to work a little harder the the more distance you get, but at the same time you get more experience to understand where things should go and how this goes in. Yeah. But I was just like I, – I think the genius of Tony Romo is he just throws so much stuff out there that the wrongs get glossed over and everybody spotlights the rights. Yeah. And they're just like, oh my God, like he's he's in their mind. He should be a defensive coordinator, which I find enjoyable. It's a much better broadcast than what it ever was. Right. And I give Jim Nance a ton of credit for allowing tones to uh, hello friends all over him. It's like the Hockey Night in Canada combo there. Uh, you know, there's a certain subtlety to working with Don Cherry. <laughs> well, there is. And and he does a terrific job, and it's the same with the play caller who's going to call uh, his final game this year uh, after 50 years of Bob Cole yeah. up there. And everyone tells the story of Bob because Bob – I would love to see Romo call a game with Bob Cole. They would never survive the first 10 minutes, <laughs> even though Bob has changed a little bit because it's basically there's play-by-play, -play, and when the play stops, you talk. And when the play is about to start again, you shut up and there's play-by-play, -play, which is the old-school right. way of doing things. Nowadays, and for a while now, there's been interplay that goes on. So much so with Bob Cole that two things about Bob Cole that everyone knows now that I, I find just so beautiful. He walks into the booth. He undoes his pants. He undoes his belt and his pants so that he can bring it from down here, right? And then when he when a goal is scored or something happens in the game, he will throw the Heisman at his analyst. And basically when his hand's up, you don't say a word until that hand goes down. So he orchestrates that booth. And you don't touch Bob during play. And if you look at what he has in front of him, he has a very rudimentary lineup of the two teams, and away he goes. So Romo... Bob Cole, Union, All-Star Game 2020. How about the Winter Classic? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> A lot of information. Good to be back working again. Yes, I like working. Yeah. Remember this, though, from, speaking of great broadcasters from the great Vin Scully. Good is not good when better is expected. We'll talk to you next week, gang.